You help me welcome Pastor Robbie Mathis from Freedom Tabernacle. Praise the Lord. If you would, I, I do want you to remain standing. If you would, I know you've been standing a long time. Pastor Todd just asked me to obey the Holy Spirit, and this is what I want to do. I don't know about you, but there's just something special going on in this place tonight. I just want to stay in this moment. I want to stay in this atmosphere. Oh, there'll be some ministry. But I just want to go ahead and break the devil's back off of your life right now. There's many in here probably that's lost, brokenhearted, addicted, struggling, needing repentance in their life. And God is rearranging the order of service tonight to give you an opportunity to come to Him. The songs have been about the love and the pursuit of God and how much He loves you and cares for you and that He wants to come after you. And so we're going to give you that opportunity right now. Right now. So the devil doesn't even have time to talk you out of it. He can't talk you out of it because we've messed him up. So if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you're not sure that you're born again, if you're not sure that heaven would be your home, if tonight you were to die, or if there's things in your life that you just need to get right about, and you want to come home, or maybe there's some things, maybe you just want to publicly, publicly acknowledge before everybody and before God to say, I am choosing to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to pray with you tonight, and then you'll be so peaceful and joyful and happy throughout the rest of the service, and you're not even going to have to think about what's going to take place because you've already made the decision. We want to see you change. We want to see your life being turned over to God. So if that's you, and you just want to acknowledge Jesus, and you want to come to Him, come meet me right now. Come on. Church, aren't you excited about those that would come to the Lord? Come meet me right here. If you just want to give your life to Jesus tonight, come on. If you just want to acknowledge Him, to take a step of faith, to say, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. I want to give my life to you. Come on. Just come and stand with me right here tonight. Come on up. Anybody else, don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your opportunity because the Lord is pursuing and the Lord is calling. Come on up. Don't miss your moment. Don't, don't miss your moment. Right now, right now. Hallelujah. Y'all giving your life to the Lord? Y'all giving your life to the Lord? Okay, both of y'all? Okay, come up here. You come right here and stand, okay? I want to tell you, this afternoon when I was in prayer, the Holy Spirit told me to give an altar call before I ever preached. And He showed me they would come. I wasn't looking for a big crowd. I wasn't looking for the whole place to move and respond to this. But that's okay because the Lord is coming to look for the one. He's coming to look for the one. And so this night, you're going to give your life to Jesus. Okay, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I want you to pray. But I want you to know that you must believe it from your heart. Okay? Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? You believe that Jesus was crucified and he was buried. He was, took all your sins upon him on the cross. He was buried and crucified and they put him in the grave. But three days later, he rose again. And he's now seated at the right hand of the Father. And you want to make Jesus Lord of your life. Is that what you want to do? All right. Well, would you pray with me, okay? Church, would you help me in prayer? Let's pray with them tonight, okay? I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and I want you to pray, okay? Say, Dear Heavenly Father,
I come to you in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness and come into my life. I believe that you died for my sins. You was crucified. You was buried. But God raised you the third day. And I now invite you into my life. I confess you tonight before all people that you, Jesus, are my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. From this day forward, I want to follow you all the days of my life. So, Lord, thank you for loving me, and thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Hey, now, come here. This is what I want you all to do. So now, the Apostle Paul said, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are made new. Now, you're a brand new creation that Jesus Christ is now Lord and Savior of your life. And so I want to encourage you, whether it's here tonight or sometime, get baptized. All right, get baptized, find your place to get baptized, acknowledge that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, and we want to say to you, welcome to the family of God. Amen. Come on, show them how you much you appreciate them. Uh, praise God. All right, hallelujah. You may be seated. Praise God, praise God. I want you to turn with me tonight to Genesis chapter 16. Genesis chapter 16 is where that I want to take my text. And we're just going to believe the Lord for some more good things. Amen. Hallelujah. It's always a privilege to be at the North Georgia Revival. So thankful we have this opportunity tonight. Looking forward to all that the Lord wants to do the rest of our time together. Genesis chapter 16, let's start with the first verse. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go in to my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarah. Then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Then Sarai said to Abram, My wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between you and me. So Abram said to Sarai, Indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. And when Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to shore. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child, and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard your affliction. He should be a wild man. His hand should be against every man, and every man's hand against him. 
He shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. For she said, Have I also here seen him who sees me? Just for a few moments tonight, I want to talk to you about the God who sees. In Genesis chapter 15, the chapter previous to this, we have this pivotal, important chapter where God cut a covenant with Abraham. It was known as the Abrahamic covenant. God told Abraham, this land that you are standing on, I am going to bless and multiply your generations. There's going to be a seed that's going to come out of your loins, and from that your seed is going to multiply as the sand is on the seashore and as the stars are in the heaven, so is your descendants going to be in this land that you are on. Years later, 10 years later, we get into chapter 16, and all of a sudden, Abram's wife, Sarah, now I've been saying Sarah, her name is eventually changed to Sarah. So if I say Sarah, we're talking about Sarah. This is the same lady. So Sarah realizes that this promise that God has already made has not come to pass. And so in her fleshly thinking, she begins to conceive an idea of the flesh. She says, Abram, I am, God has not given us that child that has been promised. I'm going to give you over to my handmaid, Hagar, and I'm going to, I want you to go into her and let that seed be so that she can fulfill the promise that God had spoken of. This would be in a sense of like a surrogate mother as what that she was trying to, trying to invoke on. You can almost hear the pain in Sarah's words, the pain of hope deferred, the pain of prayers not yet answered, the pain of arms that had never held her own child, the pain of public shame. I want you to know tonight that in this stage of transition or stage of change, it is the season or the stage that's known as the neutral season. This neutral stage is called the long, dark night of your season. It is the time where you have been hurt. It's the time where you've been wounded. It's where you have been rejected, offended, often leading to isolation, and you're wondering why you are having to wait on your deliverance. Why are you having to wait on your healing? Why are you having to wait on your breakthrough? Trying to wait on your promise. It's a time of distress. Wanting to change, but you can't get changed. There's an important concept that we must understand during this season in our life. And it's called the timing of God's purposes. There's an important verse in Acts chapter 13, verse 36, that says this. So David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep and was buried with his fathers, and he saw the corruption or he saw decay. I love the Amplified Translation because it says this. After he had served the purpose of God, that's when he died. If we all will understand that we've all got a purpose, and as long as we know that God's got a purpose and our life is submitted to him, that we want God himself to fulfill the purpose of our life. And it's that season that we go through. Here's some examples. I want you to think about Joseph. Joseph, we think about all that he went through. 
betrayed, put in a prison, in a dungeon, falsely accused, and all the things that Joseph was, was went through. And if you're reading it, it makes us almost feel sorry for Joseph. But I want to tell you, Joseph was not in a prison of circumstance, but he was in a plan of prophetic process. You see, it seemed like a bad situation, an unfair situation, but from God's perspective, God had a good plan and process, and it took time for it to develop and unfold, and God was able to rescue a nation because of what he did through Joseph. I'm thinking about Hannah. Hannah was one that wanted a child. She wanted to give birth, but she couldn't get pregnant until it was time to deliver what God wanted her to birth. You see, Hannah wanted a son, but God wanted a prophet. And so there is a timing of things that we must allow to develop and to take place over time. So understanding God's timing on things will help us live at peace and not cause us to react impulsively or fleshly. And so Sarah had this fleshly idea, and she heeded to the flesh. And here's the bad part of it. Abraham agreed with the plan. Abraham should have said, Now, honey, I love you, but God has spoken a promise to us. He is true to his word, and whatever he says will come to pass will come to pass. We don't have to try to manipulate. We don't have to try to make it work and get ahead of God. If God wants it to happen, God will fulfill this plan. But Abraham heeded the voice of his wife. They both gave in to flesh. He did this situation, and so Abraham went into Hogar, and the scripture said that, that, that he went into her, and they heated over to this fleshly thing. Both of them acted according to their unbelief. I want to tell you tonight that we must be really, really careful that we do not allow God's delays to produce unbelief in us. Because when we begin to, even with promises, prophetic words that we have received, and they have not yet come to pass, don't allow that to produce unbelief in your life. Abraham acted in accordance to his own power and his own wisdom. Solomon said in Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. The Passion Translation of this says, Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. we got to be careful that we're not relying on our own understanding, nor are we relying on our own opinions. And so when Abram heeded to this situation, things got worse. Because the Bible said this, and she conceived. The fleshly decision resulted in a seed being produced. And it was worse for them. From Sarah's perspective, this was not good. And then Sarah became despised in Hagar's eyes. I want to tell you that fleshly deeds will lead to confused thinking. Doubt and unbelief will lead to fleshly deeds. It will lead to more problems. Sarah began acting cruel to Hagar because she saw that she was despised. And so this tense situation in this household this pressure that was put upon Agar 
led to a situation where all she knew to do was to flee, and so now she runs. And with nowhere to go, she runs away from the situation, probably headed back to Egypt. And that's what the end of verse 6 says. When Sarah dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. I don't know the length of time between verse 6 and 7, but I believe this is where a lot of people are at. Verse 7 or verse 6 says, Sarah dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her presence. And verse 7 says, The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness. We often just read the Bible as it's just happening just, you know, every hour. It just, it's just happening there. There's a lot of time that happened between verse 6 and verse 7. And I believe that there are many people are in this stage between verse 6 and 7. It's a place between running and hearing from God. It's a place between despair and breakthrough. It's a place between heartache and healing. It's a place between confusion and understanding. It's a place between turmoil and peace. There's a difference between Sarah and Hagar. Sarah had a promise from God that he was going to do something in her life. Hagar did not have a promise. So often when we get promises, prophetic words, and God has spoken to us, we need to be careful that we cherish, that we nurture those things, that we hold on to those words, believe in God that he's true and faithful to what he says, but yet there's many like Hogar that found herself in a situation where she's running and fleeing from a problem and she doesn't even have a promise from God and she's confused, lonely, discouraged, and depressed and she's unsure and uncertain about even her future. She does not know what to do. She's just running from her, running from a situation and she finds herself in the wilderness. Have you ever felt like this before? Have you ever been used for someone else? Someone else's pleasure, and now you're rejected. Feelings of inadequacy, feelings of loneliness, feelings of worthlessness, feelings of fear, feelings of doubt, uncertainty of what the future was going to be like. Can I tell you that's what Hagar was like? She just heeded and gave in to a solution that those that she was serving suggested. And now the woman that insisted on her doing this thing was now mistreating her. And so now she finds herself running. She's running to the wilderness. She's just getting away from the problem. I don't know about you, but have you ever found yourself in situations that were not good and all you knew to do was just to run from it? You're just going to get away from him. Discouraged. Hogar's discouraged and lonely and exhausted and tired and unsure and uncertain about the future. But there's one thing that Hogar did. The Scripture said she made her way to the water. I said she made herself to the water sitting by the water is where the angel found her. I don't know about you, but maybe you're here tonight and you're confused and lonely, discouraged and heartbroken, beaten down, a bad report from the doctor, and you don't know what to do, isolated, thirsty, not knowing what tomorrow is going to hold. But... You've made yourself come to a place where there's water. We have to understand what the Scripture teaches us about what the water is. The Bible said that there is a river whose streams make glad 
the city of God. I wonder if there's anybody tonight that, that needs some refreshing from the wells of water. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he said, If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Refreshing. The spirit and the bride say come. And let him who hears say come. And let him who thirsts say come. And let whosoever will take of the water of life freely. I'm telling you, there is refreshing by the water. Now, before the critics begin sending the emails and declaring that we're idolizing this Dawsonville tap water, I'm not idolizing this baptismal pool. We're not idolizing this state right here. We're talking about the water of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the living water of where Jesus is at, wherever he can meet you that was talked about earlier, where God can meet you in a place where you're thirsty and desolate and hungry and, and in need of him, wherever that may be. He, he sees you right there in your home where you think that nobody sees you. You're homeless in a car and you're watching and you think nobody sees you. I, I want you to know that God sees you right there and he can meet you. That we're, we're talking about getting to a place where the water is at, where the river is stirring and where a God can accomplish and do great things in your life. We're talking about just making yourself available to have an encounter with the living God. We're talking about that. Hogar must have thought, where is this El Elyon that Abram talked so much about? Where is this most high God that he talked about. No doubt she had heard him mention him, talking about the God that he served. Where is he now? Hagar's lonely. She's destitute. She's needing to hear something about what to do now with her life and about where to go to. But see, God has a way of introducing himself and he has many different names that he's identified as. And all of his names are a creative way for God to release and declare his character and nature about who he is. And when they meet him and understand that, they learn more about the one true and living God. And so he identifies himself in many places about who he is. You see, in Genesis chapter 1, he's called Elohim. He's the creator. In Genesis chapter 2, we're identified by, to him in a different name. It's his covenant name. He's known as the self-existent one. He's the one that... Moses was introduced to in Exodus chapter 3. It's his personal name. Used 6,823 times in the Bible. His name is Jehovah. We like to say that it's Jehovah. That's the English word. But his name is Jehovah. In Genesis chapter 14, we see that he's El Elyon, the Most High God. In Genesis chapter 15, he's Adonai, the Lord and Master. In Genesis 17, he's El Shaddai, God Almighty. In Genesis chapter 22, he's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. In Exodus 15, he's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord 
who heals. In Exodus 17, he's Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner. In Exodus 31, he's Jehovah Mekedeshkim, the Lord who sanctifies you. In Judges chapter 6, he's Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. In 1 Samuel 1, he is Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. In Psalm 23, he is Jehovah Ra'ah, the Lord my shepherd. In Jeremiah 23, he's Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. And in Ezekiel 48, he's Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. I want you to know he's our God and he's the one that we serve. He's worthy of our praise. And Hagar is in the wilderness by the spring and she's needing an encounter with this true and living God. And she found herself by a water, a spring of water. And all of a sudden, everybody say all of a sudden. All of a sudden, the angel of the Lord found her. Hmm. The Bible says it's the angel of the Lord. This is the first time the word angel is mentioned in the Bible. I know there's cherubim mentioned, but when you look up the word angel, this is the first time that it is mentioned, the angel of the Lord. It's really God himself. It is the Lord himself who is presenting himself to Hogar. This angel of the Lord didn't first appear to Noah, didn't appear to Moses, didn't appear to Abraham, but appeared himself to this single, soon-to-be mother who is an outcast, lonely, discouraged, and depressed, sitting outside, isolated, lonely, with nobody around her, and God himself shows up to identify himself as the God who sees El Royi. He's the God who sees. I said, He's the God who sees. He's the God who sees. And He knew right where Hogar was. He knew her name, He knew what was going on with her. He knew the destiny of that one that she was carrying in her womb. He knew all about it. And I want to tell you tonight that God knows everything that's going on in your life. He's the God who sees. And this, and God asked her two questions that still applies to us today. The questions that he asked her was this. Hogar, where have you come from and where are you going? Where have you come from and where are you going? You know, that would do us good tonight if we would answer those questions. Where have we come from? See, God asks us questions oftentimes to get us to acknowledge to ourselves what's really going on. It's him asking Adam, Adam, where are you? As if he didn't know. He speaks to Elijah when Elijah's on the outside of the cave. Elijah, what are you doing here? I want to tell you, when God asks a question, it is not for lack of knowledge. He is asking a question in order for us to be able to identify the reality of what's really taking place in our own life. And so God said, Hoga, where did you come from? She said, I'm fleeing from my mistress. And God gives her some instructions. This is what he said. He said, return and submit. 
In other words, stop running from your problem and go back and face it. He was not sending her back into an abusive situation. He is saying, I've got a plan. I want you to go back and acknowledge and deal with the situation that you are running from. I feel the Holy Spirit that is moving upon us tonight. I just sense it in the atmosphere that there are many of you that have found yourselves in situations and you're running from it. You're running from it. Tragedies, situations in your life, trauma has happened to you, abuse has happened to you, and you've done good to get away from it. You've done good to survive. God has graced you to survive that situation that you are in. But I want to tell you, just naturally getting out of that situation is not complete freedom. Because you can be out of that natural situation and you can be living in that hell right here in your mind and carrying that all your life and you'll live in torment and fear and anxiety and worry all your life until you get to where you don't do like the world. The world says, well, I forgot about it. The world says, well, I swept it under the rug. We don't sweep it under the rug. We put it under the blood of Jesus Christ and we allow the healing power of Jesus to do something in our life. And I believe the Lord wants to set many free tonight. I said, I believe he wants to set many free tonight. God had a plan for Hagar. And this is what she did. She called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, the God who sees, who is El Royi. See, we must understand that in the seasons where you thought you were going down and the tears flowed down your face, nothing has gone unseen. In the abuse, in the divorce, in the torment, in that accident, in that trauma, when he walked out on you, when she left you, in that adulterous affair, in that addiction where God saw it all. God was right there. He understood what was taking place. And I want to tell you that tonight, God wants to come and give you a key so that you can open a door and step into another level of freedom that God is wanting to bring you into tonight. He's El Royi. He's the God who sees. He's the God who sees. Worship team, would y'all come on up? I just feel... I know there's more, but I'm just feeling a, a prompting in my spirit for us to minister because I want to do like we did earlier. I just want to break the devil's back off of your life tonight. It's what I want to do. And we're about to get some people free here tonight. Hey, man, we're going to leave free. We're, we're going to leave here free tonight because God has seen you in the situation that you've been in. He saw it. He saw it when you were a little child and you were abused. God saw that. He saw the trauma that you, were in, that you went through. He saw the horrible things that you went through. But tonight I've come to tell you, as they sing about it, God loves you so much that he's come to pursue you and to bring freedom in your life. If you would only just simply open up your heart Instead of saying, many, many of you are in a place where you say, I just can't go on. You know what I'm talking about. You can't sleep at night for the memories going on. 
The demonic stronghold that has a hold of you, gripping you, your mind's in fear, your mind's in torment. There's no peace, and you do everything you can to try to get it out of, out of your thoughts, out of your mind, and this is what you do. You, you will even go to things that just try to numb the pain, anything to bring you some relief and bring you pain, and Jesus is the ultimate deliverer, bondage breaker, and healer, and he has come to set you free. He's come to set you free. Would you stand with me tonight? I love this part right here. When Hogar said, you're the God who sees, for she said, listen to what she said. She said, have I also here seen him who sees me? I want to tell you this. When you understand that he sees you, you'll see him. And you got to know that he sees you. He sees you. I feel such a spirit of heaviness in this place right now. I believe the Holy Spirit is working and drawing and He's moving. And what I want to do is I want to lead you in a prayer tonight and we're going to break every chain of the devil off of our life tonight. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Whatever situation that you've been in in your life, we're going to break strongholds. We're going to repent. We're going to renounce. We're going to put them all under the blood. And we're going to invite Jesus into all of those situations into our life that you've tried to forget about, that you've tried to bury. Maybe you've just tried to, to, to do away with it. You wish it would go away. We're, we're going to allow the confession of our faith and the power of the Holy Spirit to release some freedom in this place tonight. So this is what I want you to do. It's an acknowledgement of you want this in your life. If you want freedom, if you know you've got strongholds in your life, you know you're being held back by situations and things in your life, I'm just going to lead us in a prayer, and we're going to pray it publicly out loud. But I want you to come and join me in the altar right now so we can pray this. Come on, really quickly. Come on. Let's get rid of this situation in our life. Let's, let's allow the Lord to bring freedom into our heart. Bring freedom into our life. Come on, church, show them how thankful you are. Come on, let get the devil off of your back. Get the devil off of your back. Let freedom come. Let freedom come. Now, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I want you to pray it out loud. Because this is going to be a moment that when you confess it out and you invite Jesus in, you're going to feel faith arise and you're going to sense and know that the Holy Spirit is working in your life. You're going to know that he's breaking some chains and that there's freedom coming into your life. All of that, all of that, we want it placed under the blood tonight. And we want the devil's stronghold broken off of everybody's life. Are you ready? Are you ready? Come on, let's get free. Let's get free. You just pray this out as we pray. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus and for my salvation. I'm so glad to be born again and have eternal life. You are the Savior of my life. Thank you for forgiving me. And because you have forgiven me, I willingly forgive others. Everyone who has hurt me, lied to me, disappointed me, abused me, offended me, I forgive. I repent of unforgiveness. I know it is sin. 
Now, right now, just begin to call out those names of people that you need to forgive right now. Call them out. Tell the Lord. you got to release them out of your heart. Just say, Lord, I forgive him. I forgive her. I forgive them. Whatever that it may be. Whoever that may be, just forgive them right now. Release them out of your heart. You'll never be free unless you forgive those that have wronged you. It doesn't mean that you're agreeing with what they did was right, but it does mean that you deserve to be free, and you're going to forgive them. You're going to release them out of your heart, and you're going to remove the chains off of you this night. Remove the chains off of you and forgive them. Here we go. Say, I repent of bitterness, revenge, hatred, resentment, envy, jealousy, rebellion, lust, sexual sins, and every impure thought. I put them under the blood of Jesus Christ, breaking Satan's power and right to my life. I separate myself from those sins. I renounce all unholy oaths, vows, pledges, ceremonies, demonic worship, and any involvement with occultic activities. I renounce all of that. I renounce all unholy soul ties. I repent before the Lord. I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord, my Deliverer and my Healer, and the one who breaks the power of curse. Jesus, I now invite you into the traumatic experience that happened in my life. Now, right now, whatever that is for you, whatever that situation is that you need God to do in your life, that situation, maybe it was a, an accident, maybe it's a memory that you've got, maybe it's the divorce, maybe it's somebody's, the abuse you went through, the trauma that you went through, maybe it was that decision that you made, whatever that it is that you need it gone, invite him in. Said Jesus, come in. You've pushed him off. You've held a wall up. You've put him up. You've you've put him off. You've warned him in all these areas except that area that's so tender and personal to you. But tonight Jesus is saying, Let me in. Let me in. Here we go. Say, I ask you to disassociate me from every ungodly an unhealthy emotion that has attached itself to me. Replace it with peace, trust, and pure love. Lord Jesus, I ask you to heal my spirit and soul that were broken, crushed, or damaged in any way during the trauma. I command the spirit of death, infirmity, spirit of fear, abandonment, rejection, depression, hopelessness, guilt, and shame to go in the name of Jesus. Yeah, tell it to go. Right now, go. Go for me now. Go in Jesus' name. Go. Say, I close any doors that were opened during the trauma. I pray that all consequences of this trauma be healed emotionally, mentally, and physically. That all fear and panic attacks cease, nightmares cease, and that the memory of this experience be completely healed in the name of Jesus. I choose to be free, and I will be free in Jesus' name and in his mighty name. I now receive freedom. Thank you, Lord, 
for healing me. Come on, give him praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I want you to just lift your hands because I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask that Jesus, the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, would fill you back up with the Holy Spirit. Everything that was released out tonight is going to be replaced and filled back with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, I thank you that you have brought freedom into the lives of all of these people. And, Lord, for every, every demonic stronghold that has held these people captive, I declare by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ that stronghold is broken off of every man, woman, boy, and girl. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I command every demon, every evil spirit, every principality and power, every enemy of the Lord Jesus Christ to leave their presence right now in Jesus' name, never to come back again. In Jesus' name, go. Now, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, move upon their hearts. Jesus, in every area, in every facet, every capacity, in place, God, where there's been a cleansing, we ask you to come and fill it back up with your presence. I say in the name of Jesus, be filled with the peace of God. In the name of Jesus, be filled with the love of God. In the name of Jesus, be filled with the joy of the Lord. I break off depression and fear. May it never stay attached to you and come back again in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, right now, just thank Him. Just say, Lord, you are welcome into every area of my heart and my soul. It's all yours, Lord. Thank you for giving me peace, and thank you for giving me freedom. I love you, Jesus. I will live for you all the days of my life, and I will thank you for giving me victory. I'll never go back, for tonight I am free in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on up, Pastor Todd, and we'll get ready to jump on in the water. We're near the water tonight. We might as well just go ahead and get in. Amen.